All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, chance, stop! Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Seguin. Welcome to episode number 28 of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Seguin. With me, as always, to my right, I've got Michael Beebs. Bonnie Beebs, how's it going? Settle down. <laughs> hey, Brock. Sorry, I just wanted to come in screaming because it's a frenzy. Yeah, but it's just nah. rowdy right now. Brock I just decided to uh, calm me down a little bit. You know, tried to put a muzzle on me, I broke out. Um, Gave him half a beer, he spilt it, then now he's just going nuts. Couldn't handle it. (laughs) In a different zone today. If I seem a little rowdier than normal, sing a little more tunes than normal, then uh, we now have your explanation why. (laughs) And to my left is Dylan D. Berthew. Oh my god, good start to this episode. Uh, We were probably going to watch the home run derby but since i just bought a house i don't have cable yet so we this, could... this episode started a lot like the wings off season just uh <laughs> on a terrible note yeah 
Yeah. It was 1974 or something. <laughs> you got like eight channels on the TV. Uh, eight. Uh, I think I got more than that, but most of them are. It's only because we're a border city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> most of them are just absolute <laughs> shit, too. So, yeah, no derby. So, I guess we're starting the podcast early here. American, Not that it, American Ninja Warriors is on right now. Yeah. Though. So, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to my grandma's yeah. house right now. We tried to, to go to DraftKings and see if we could play it on American Ninja Warrior, but there's no option. Oh, so, my God. That's no. crazy. Sitting here alone. You see what he's doing? He's doing like chin ups, but he has to move the bar up as he does. Oh, yeah, that, that oh, show is yeah. nuts. Never watched it before? Yeah. I mean, not like this. <laughs> not for right. long. Well, while Dee's watching American Ninja Warrior, Beebs, you're, uh, you kind of latched on to one of the most recent trends in, uh, well, I guess the world. Yeah, he's a basic guy. He's a basic guy. Hasn't really formally moved to Canada yet, has he? Yeah, it? no. Po- um, so, no, Pokemon it, Go, you're on the go? Yeah. You got any Pokemon in the Pokedex or what? I do not. Um,. See, what happened is uh, my data ran out last night for the month, and uh, <laughs> so early. literally the worst time, and we found a way to get around it. So in Canada, I'm going to totally expose what people are doing for Pokemon Go, and the Pokemon people are going to be listening to this podcast and just yeah. can't call it off, but yeah. okay, what we have to do in Canada is create a false American account, and then you go in and you act like you're American. So for example, my postal code is 90210, um, which I took <laughs> from Dylan's brother who suggested it. Uh, Classic. So uh, I have used that, and they now think that I live in Beebstown, California. <laughs> and uh, I've been trying to catch them all. So since my dad has came out today, I've tried to catch them all, and I've caught none. Working on it, yeah. But you hear some of these funny stories of people like getting in car accidents or like you know stopping on freeways <laughs> to go catch Pokemon, and it's like, wow, like... This is gonna take over. Yeah. I'm kind of worried. Like, but kids that, are getting uh, getting their exercise in. Like, hopefully, yeah. yeah. As long as you're not crashing cars, I, I think like, like yeah, like well, like if you yeah, think actually. about it, when you played regular Pokemon back in the day, you were never allowed to drive a car. You had to run or you had to ride a bike. So yeah. I mean, you should not Pokemon to drive. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Yeah, I was listening to one of the late, uh, local radio shows today, and some guy said he drove by last night, and like the cemetery was just packed, and he's just like sitting there, and he's just like, look. So he pulled it up on his phone, and there was just tons of Pokemon in the so cemetery, and he was just like, dude, there, yeah, jeez. <laughs> but that's it's crazy. He's just like, yeah, like so many of those people were not there, like showing their respect. He's like, that's just out of this world, just going yeah. to a cemetery and catch Pokemon. I even woke up today, and my dad's like, Mike, I saw the funniest thing. Like, there's like eight kids just walking with their phone out like down the road not even on the sidewalk i'm like yeah they're playing pokemon dad like let me just start explaining this to you and we got into it and he's like whoa just gave it the classic like old person response like what's like, this world coming to didn't know didn't know what pokemon was back when it was like on game boy now that's people actually trying to capture them on the on the run in real life yeah, cool yeah. idea they're really though. not it is cool yeah. i heard about it before and i was like that's gonna be wild but then yeah, I just like how it's free. Like you know, they totally yeah. could have charged twenty dollars, and the same people would all bought it, including myself. So yeah, thank you, Pokemon. But um, if you're onto our turning using fake American account thing, Beepstown USA, let's make it one of the most populated. Beepstown <laughs> USA, Beepstown California, Pulse Code Nine Hundred Two. I'd move there. Yeah, uh, I, don't know. I, I apparently have. So yeah, you're According there. To my iTunes account. But uh, we're we. This episode came a little bit later than uh, we would have liked, but we were all busy last weekend. And, yeah, being uh, party animals. And, and, the, no, and we, the weekend before that was obviously the uh, the Canada Day long weekend. You were at a pretty wild game there, AD. That was... Shortest game in history. Yeah. Seriously. What was it, 19 innings? Yeah, we left after 13. You did? Well, they stopped serving alcohol after 7. <laughs> Why am, still... <laughs> yeah. Why am I still by the 11th? Yeah. Why am I still? You see the shortstop warming up in the bullpen. You're just like, oh well, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna call it. No, it was just a mess. I was at the one last year too that went like 18 innings. Just 
Wasn't it like 0 0 or something, or 1 1, like really low scoring before? Like, 1 1, yeah. You yeah. went to that game with no beard and you walked out with a beard. Yeah, yeah. massive beard. <laughs> yeah, so that just happens. Oh, yeah. they should, they need to like, once it starts going extras, just be like, all right, alcohol is back on set. <laughs> yeah, they announced that. The fans yeah. just go nuts. The alcohol is back. Yeah. All of a sudden, everybody's Ooh. just. <laughs> it's like, well. But amidst all this partying and having fun and enjoying our summer it's been crazy hot which is nice it's a nice change it hasn't rained in forever but um <laughs> amid all that it was we had a crazy nhl crazy off season one. brock um, now that he's a house owner just cares about it raining anyways yeah yeah dude Brass i have to really use it i have to turn my sprinkler on every day i was like oh my I god i sure could water use, bill. I, sure water could, bill, man. I sure could use some rain <laughs> i live on a farm too so they're all banging for rain it's Brock it's himself does not. You know, like just the next fire. time you get a nice heavy downpour, Brock's gonna be sitting on his porch with a coffee, just, just like, enjoying it. <sighs> Needed that rain. <laughs> Classic. We got three quarters of a dish. This is great. Needed that rain. Yeah. It's perfect rainfall. <laughs> Love having my own home. Yeah, but it's been good. A little more rain would help us, but uh, it has. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, like I was saying, crazy NHL off season so far. Uh, these two are doodling right now, so they don't seem very interested. I'm, I'm interested. Notes. I'm just making. <laughs> okay, one's doodling, one's making notes. I was trying. Uh, but what we did, so obviously, <laughs> for a fantasy hockey podcast, the most important thing is, like, who cares how much money these guys signed for? Are they going to be better at fantasy hockey, or are they going to be worse at fantasy right. hockey next We're talking year? Talking about production. Yeah, we wanted to see. Our, you know, he scored thirty goals last year. Now he moves to a new team. Is he going to score thirty goals this year? So what we did for you guys was we each listed our, our top five uh, guys who had the biggest positive change this off season by moving from one city to another, either via trade or via free agency, or just the shakeup on their team. Yeah. Of their own. Oh yeah, and it, it wasn't even somebody that signed, but maybe. Uh, somebody like Adam Henrique, for example, getting Taylor Hall on his wing. We uh, alluded to it, I think, before, right, that he they played together in Windsor, and now they're going to probably play together again in New Jersey. So anything that happened this offseason so far, who uh, who is it better for, I guess, right? And yeah. who was who the biggest winner in free, or this offseason? Who is it going to help um, in a fantasy perspective? And, D, I guess we'll start with you. Who's your top five and uh, why? Well, I guess I could start with Henrique. This is a guy who's consistently one of the best possession players on what is consistently a terrible <laughs> possession team in New Jersey. Whereas like um, 45%. Yeah, 45% <laughs> last year, I think. Um, and Henrique plays in the, like, the majority of the hardest, you know, the... Toughest least, minutes. Yeah, the toughest even strength minutes. So he's been floating right around 47%, just a slightly positive relative course player. Um, had a bit of a breakout last season shooting 20%. Uh, hit 30 goals. Yeah, which, he had a great year. Right, so I obviously Taylor Hall coming over is like bound to help his production. I don't, I'm not going to go as far to say that he's going to top the 30 goals because that would take shooting that remarkable percentage again. Um, but I, I would definitely, you know, take him as a solid bet to top the 50 points that he put up last season. Um, he, he's never really had that kind of top tier talent to play alongside, even just when he was playing with Camilleri. Uh, he was pushing 50% and you know that was basically. and like we said too it's another player that he's just comfortable and familiar with I yeah. think that would yeah. be huge and like it's a weird team because like they they don't have a ton of talent but it seems like they're getting better I mean Paul Mieri came over last year he's still really young he former first round pick had a big year even Smith Pelly once he came over from Montreal he was great for the you know the 20 games that he played in New Jersey so they got a couple you know nice wingers they had Hall in the mix Zajac's still there and then Henrik obviously playing with Hall should be 
huge. Yeah, I, I kind of peg him around sixty points next year. Yeah, take. Um, I don't think like I don't think he'll get to like the thirty goals, especially no. now he's going to be more of a a, a pass first guy to Hall yeah. than he oh, will be to. Yeah. But I mean, still like yeah, you know, twenty five goals, sixty points. That's a good, that's a great year, and Hall will definitely help him. I think. I it's hard. It's hard yeah, to just say when, when you're going from you know like a Taylor Hall to a. Anyone that they plug in there that yeah, they signed yeah. into the free agency, it's well, a little bit. Yeah, he'll be. Bar- what did he have? Camilleri like Snepniak yeah. last yeah. year. All year. Yeah, right? is like a really good player, yeah. but like I said, he's by far going to be the most productive line mate mm-hmm. Henrik's ever had. So it should bode well for him fantasy wise. Yeah, it's going to be weird for Hall. Like, it's, was Hall really a winner? I think we talked about it already. But like, was Hall like? How does this affect Hall? Ultimately, I think if anything, it adds a little bit of fire under his ass. Um, just, you know, you see a <laughs> if guy nothing like this. else. Yeah, you see a guy like this who go, went through so many boos and everything, and being under the spotlight in Edmonton. He was, you know, he was supposed to be Connor McDavid one before Connor McDavid mm-hmm. came around, and uh, now that he's in in New Jersey, I think it you know takes the spotlight off him a little bit, lets the kid breathe, and yeah. I think he can dominate. It's just it's weird because like I mean, there's so much like it's so much good that can happen being a player that plays with. You know, an up and coming coming Connor McDavid. Yeah, we saw um, how productive they were together. Yeah, too. so like that, In I think it'll hurt. Time. But I mean, at least, at least he's moving to a team where they have a guy that he's played with before, yeah. who is a solid player. Um, yeah, and, and he's Hall should together. only help his possession too. Yeah, and Hall's like no stranger to carrying play. In exactly. Own, right? yeah. So, but who's number together two at the World Juniors? I was gonna say. So they have played against yeah. the top talent together for people who say, oh, you know, they only played the the OHL talent. They have gone against the yeah. other, you know, top. I players. think it's just a familiarity thing. You know, if you're buddies too, that's huge. It's just makes a world of difference. Yeah. But uh, who's number two on your list, there, D? Um. So another guy I want to talk about is Alexander Radulov. Obviously a super interesting case. Like, um, um, super weird dude. Well, however, however you feel about him and the situation coming over from the KHL and the last time he came over for that really short period of time in Nashville, <laughs> got, now playing alongside Shea Weber again. Um, but he's honestly just been super productive the last few years in the KHL. Uh, had 136 points in, over the last two seasons in, across 99 games. Uh, hasn't been in the NHL, like we said, since 2012, where he just had seven points in nine regular season games. His last full season was in 2007-2008, where he had 58 points in 81 games. Um, but nonetheless, obviously a guy with a lot of offensive upside and got a one-year deal worth a good uh, size. 5.75. Yeah, not as much as he wanted. But. So obviously yeah. a strong commitment there from Montreal. The guy's going to have every opportunity to produce. going to be probably starting alongside the first, uh, alongside Pacioretty. And Galchenyuk Could, line. yeah, very likely. And even if he doesn't, like, that's the one thing about... He landed in a nice spot because it doesn't even matter where he lands. Like, they have... Galchenyuk finally, you know, exploded on the scene last year as a center, which was huge for them. And they, even though they, ha- they have DeHarnay and Placanix, who are both... I mean, Placanix more so than DeHarnay, but, like, yeah. even if he plays in the second line, it's still not a terrible spot for him. No, uh, it, gonna- It's just funny how, like, they move Subban out because, like, Subban, you know, there's a lot of... A lot of people didn't like Subban there, but then you bring in somebody who's just, like... Like, Subban was... A great player and great off the ice, and then you bring in this guy who's just like been a total a, buffoon, a really. His whole NHL, like, and like notably, you know, obviously didn't go along with the leadership for the last time he was in there. Yeah, now it's just the same I, guy. <laughs> who knows how much Shea Weber feels about this? Yeah, Shea Weber's just like, I'm gonna go hang this guy by his bootstraps <laughs> day one, and just like that's it, like let's go. Yeah. Set the tone. So, but either way, um, you know, he's definitely a really intriguing case. Uh, who knows where he's going to be on the draft board and when the fantasy drafts start falling. That's the one thing for Radulov, I think. Like, I mean, it's it's funny to say Radulov because, like, obviously, better his fantasy uh, hockey value because while well, you by wasn't, getting yeah, period, by just yeah, gaining yeah. it by even just moving to the show. But it's just weird because I think a lot of people will reach on Radulov. That's the one thing. But who knows? Like, I mean, 
sometimes you reward with that because he could be unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I know that I reached just as far as anybody last year on McDavid. And, I mean, for the time he did play, we benefited. So, Radulov is so... It's just such a... He's such a weird player. Like, that'll be be funny on drafting just to see where... Like, it'll be... He could go anywhere from the second round to, like, the 10th round. Like, who knows? At the same time, I think a lot of people kind of forget about him when it comes to draft day. It's one of those guys, you know, where you don't you think of all these big names that were signed. People people forget about guys who haven't played in a couple of years. Yeah. And I think he it's gonna be weird when I have to do the draft kit. I'm just like yeah. I'm not even gonna know. I'm like ah, yeah, I don't know where you going, yeah. bro. But uh, who's number three, D? Uh, Andrew Ladd coming off a disappointing fantasy season. Still found a big seven year contract to play alongside John Tavares. Everybody is, got a big seven year contract. Big one. <laughs> well, it was obviously a really shallow pool. We yeah. talked about that on the last episode, and that's why we're talking about these guys. But. Um, I, I mean, we talked about how effective the lad little wheeler line had been the last mm-hmm. few years, but obviously none of these guys are at Tavares' caliber. Um, so just for comparison's sake, Kyle Poso over the last two seasons, uh, alongside Tavares, saw his Corsi four percentage drop four percent when he played away from him at even strength, and uh, even more notably, his goals four percentage, which is the uh, percentage of goals that the teams his own team scores when he's on ice at even strength. With drop from fifty three point nine percent playing with Tavares to forty three point nine percent playing away from Tavares. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a ten percent dip in production. So that just gives you the uh, an idea of the impact playing alongside Tavares can have on your production. So, it also just speaks a lot to how why Alcposo didn't have that great of a year last year. Yeah, he did. didn't like normally he was a a mainstay on the Tavares line last year. They didn't play together a whole lot. Alcposo had a bad year. Like it. Yeah. Took, I mean, they still had, like, a lot of minutes together, but you're right. Like, the last few seasons, we saw them, like, as much as, like, 80% of maybe our yeah. even shake nets with Tavares, sure. whereas last season, it was around half. Yeah, right? yeah. The, the Islanders were weird last year. Yeah, usually, they're one of the, usually one of, they're one of the teams that, like, keeps their lines together for, like, almost a whole year. Last year, there was a lot of mixing around because they had a lot of young guys that they yeah. just had to try to put in better spots to try to, you know, spark them, but... I mean, Ocposo is still a pretty good possession player in his own right, but he playing is. with Tavares is just like... It just drives the production, right? Even Which more, is, at the yeah. end of the day, the biggest thing yeah. that you're looking for in fantasy. It speaks to what Ocposo to can do for people. I mean, we saw how bad Tavares was last year, as much as it did. You know, it sucked yeah. to see. We always thought, you know, he's right. going to Right, he was back. still he better really than Ocposo yeah. was, like, on his own. No, that's what yeah. I mean, but I mean, uh, like, he... Like, but really, we're talking... about each other, so I'm thinking that Ocposo for other Buffalo guys, yeah, you know, can... Maybe right. step oh, up. for sure. We'll talk about that later on, too. Yeah. I'm yeah. not quite sure. Because, yeah, right now we're talking about Andrew Ladd. So, yeah, exactly. So, go, yeah. Andrew Ladd, if he does end up playing with those guys, with Tavares, yeah. obviously going to be unbelievable. Probably going to be around 25 goals. Again. Yeah. Ho- hopefully. You know, he, he's been one of those guys, too, that he can kind of do it in every category. He's a he's just a he's a rock-solid fantasy player. Yeah. You don't have to reach for him. He's been rock-solid. So, if he lay, he's, the, he's one of those players on draft day where... Because you don't know who they're going to play with at the start of the year. So on draft day, if you can get him a little bit later, and then he, he does end up playing with Tavares, then holy shit, yeah. you got yourself a steal. I can't imagine him not getting around with him just with the commitment they made. In that yeah. Oh, I, that yeah. Oh, for sure. It'd be... It's, it, it's not like... Because like, a lot of people talk about... We'll talk, we'll get to him later as well, but P.A. Parento, because him and Tavares had some success together in the past as well. Mm-hmm. But like you're right. When, you, when you're paying those guys like a, like lad, that much track, money, yeah. he has to be the first guy there. So... Yeah. Um, who's four on your list, Eve? Um, so I don't know. Like, there's obviously some other big names that went, uh, but in general, it's a pretty shallow pool. And when we're talking from a fantasy perspective, I'm gonna talk up James Reimer a little bit. Um, James. More than anything, like just the commitment Florida showed to him, signing him to a five-year deal. That's more than just a backup goalie. Contract. Oh, for sure. Like this is the guy that they're pegging to eventually over the next few years replace yep. Luongo, maybe even go split. 
uh, well, as soon as this year, potentially, on how these two end up playing. You're so right here, if I could interject a little yeah. bit. You see, like, the, the Hudobins and, and all these other, ba- uh, the Chad Johnsons, the Carter Huttons, they all get one, one maybe two-year deal. two yeah. deals. This is obviously a commitment from Florida that says, hey, James, we really like you. We want you to be here. More of and, a 1B type thing, yeah. right? And you look at Luongo, too. He's 38 years old. He's not going to be able to start 65 games every year. Uh, he, he, he wore it out a little bit last year. Al Montoya, even... Al Montoya was probably one of the best spot start options in yeah. the league last year. And Reimer can be that guy again this He's year. Fave. And if they split even more time, maybe a, a, a Jake Allen, Brian Elliott type of thing... Reimer could be a steal because that's going to be a good forward. Right, and if I mean, it, I I wouldn't be surprised if Reimer does outplay Luongo down the stretch to see him get more nods as as we go forward. But yeah. I mean, they had an identical. They each uh, had a nine twenty two save percentage last season. Obviously, Luongo had a lot more opportunity. He turned that into thirty five wins, so that just gives you. An but idea Reimer also played over three quarters of his season with right the worst team in the league. And there's a bit of a worry there too because Reimer I don't think has played over 40 games for mm-hmm. like four or five seasons or something because he's consistently yeah. been split in time yep. and the lockout season, shortened season before that. So, um, but even in limited time I think at the very least he's going to be a really good handcuff to have if you end up with Luongo on draft day. Yeah, oh my god, he'll be one of the, he'll, people will still draft him even as like a, just yeah, a solid number three, three yeah. why not? Yeah. Uh, but like as a handcuff to have both of them, that, like like I just mentioned, like I, I know I've said it on Twitter multiple times like I am so excited to see this Florida team like they've had one of the crazier shakeups we've seen in an offseason yeah. they've added some really nice pieces so uh, Reimer even you've got to look at Luongo being 38 too yeah, and you know injury the, the injury exactly yeah. and then Reimer would be huge uh, but who's the last on your list uh, there D uh, last one we already talked about him a little bit you had mentioned it was P.A. Parento uh, again I just think it depends on how he's deployed if you can find a role alongside JT and good power play minutes he'll obviously be a solid pickup I know you got some numbers uh, on Parento's time when he was with Tavares last yeah so when Parento played with the Islanders for two seasons prior he had 53 and 67 points uh, he's obviously more of like a, a playmaker not like the greatest goal scorer ever he's mm-hmm. around 20 goals usually mm-hmm. uh, I think he was 20 and 20 or, something, or somewhere around there with the Leafs last year which is 20 and 21 yeah yeah 20 and 21 which really is which is nice team. for yeah. that team like not the great, greatest surrounding cast so even if with an injury in even if team, you so. even if he doesn't play with Tavares like let's say Ladd does get that first crack they have enough good young players where they might want to they that they might want to put Parento with them or Ladd either way because he's a good veteran winger can help bring these guys along like like the Brock Nelsons and the Stroms and it just it might you know because obviously Grabowski and Kuhlman haven't really worked out like I think they would have hoped they went from kind of being second line players to third line Still serviceable players. Serviceable, yeah. for sure, but they're just not... They're not, not like... The, the offensive production, yeah, 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 is not yeah. quite there. So, Parento, I think... I don't know. He's been such a polarizing player, like, in terms of fantasy, because, like, when he... What was it? When he went to Colorado, everybody expected big things, and then nothing happened, yeah. and then he went, and then he bounced around a little bit, and then went to Toronto, and it actually yeah, yeah. worked. So, it's just, like, hopefully back in, in Brooklyn, he, he finds it, so... Uh, Beebs, how about you? Let's start off. Who do you got number one? Um, number one, I, I kind of just put him up there, and, and obviously D, D went over this guy, and we're going to be a bit redundant here, but that's okay. Um, I had Radulov up there. I just, again, I really like the situation he's going into. And I like Radulov as like a five-tool player. What I didn't realize before looking at his numbers was that when he was in the K, this guy was a monster when it came to penalties even. Yeah. Which, I mean, penalty leagues aren't 
the greatest <laughs> leagues to be in. But if you do have that option, this is a great first. Uh, so many, to get so you many leagues have it. Like yeah. it's, you have to note it. You yeah. have yeah. to. Two years ago in the league, he had 143 penalty minutes. Crazy. And, uh, and he has been known to have a bit of a short fuse, and uh, certainly it's going to be attacked, and people try to you know get to that, so we can see some things happen. Just a couple of other uh, numbers on Radulov here. When he was in the NHL, he had 102 points in 154 games, which is really. He hadn't really peaked yet, so that's a that's pretty solid numbers as you, to start your career. And I think uh, you know now he is in the prime. This is the time when Radulov is going to show up. I mean, he has showed up, but I mean, this is the time where he's really gonna. He should. He hasn't made an all. NHL yeah. splash. Like yeah. I mean, he has. He has. Like his more splash just, is more negative yeah, than yeah. it is positive. More where I think, you know what you know what the else. thing that scares me most about Radulov is like I think Galchenyuk can be a really good player in this league, and like. You always worry when, you know, players of, like, the same nationality get together. And, like, they're obviously going to hang out. Hopefully, he doesn't, like, come in and just have a super negative Isn't effect. Isn't that American, though? Well, like, kind of. Yeah. But he's, like, pretty Russian, too. Yeah. Deep down. Yeah. Deep, like, he's Russian. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. is American. American-born, I think. But, yeah. yeah. But he's Russian. Sure. Yeah. I'm just saying, like... <laughs> sure. I guess, what is Mar- is Markov Russian too? Yeah, Mark- yeah, yeah Markov. So I guess like you know. all the bad shit he might learn from Radulov might be like, I know like he grew up here and he played a thing, but still like you think they would hang out, right? I don't know. I'm not really in an NHL locker room. I don't know how it works either. But, yeah. but regardless. None of us do. You know, maybe Radulov comes over, you know. Yeah, maybe he's clean How old is he now? How old he's 30 years old. What, I, what isn't that the most immature thirty-year-old you ever seen in your life? <laughs> Give him a chance, yeah, man. We haven't seen him. I don't even care. I, I, I honestly, like, I just, I, I, I know the Red Wings were really going after him, kind of, and I was like a little intrigued because, like, the, all the skill in the There's world. A lot of talent there. He helps. He's so outplayed Kovalchuk the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tons you know I mean? so, of talent. I was just, surprised by this deal because it came out a couple days earlier before this deal came out. Well, happened that he was looking for seven million, and Detroit and Colorado were in the runnings, and they were the two who would not offer him it. So, he, and then at that point, there was a rumor that he'd sign in the K too. So again, well, yeah. Well, the other thing yeah. is like him on a one-year deal. Not Elliot Friedman's finest move. Yeah, no. <laughs> him on a one-year deal, you know, he's going to be motivated to make a huge splash this year, hit the market again next year. But will he, or will he just be like, screw you and go back to Russia? Either, like he doesn't, he doesn't seem to give a shit about no, anything. I think either way, like he's going to care about the money, and he knows he can make more money here. If he yeah. has a big season, he's going to get... He was order. looking, I think, for like seven years per over two years. Yeah. Like, he didn't even just want the one-year seven. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted like he wanted two stability. years, 14 million. Yeah. Like, right, but he's just such a question mark. Right? Oh, so yeah. If he Nobody... back and pots 30 goals this year, someone's going to get... Dude, he might get five year. next year at yeah. seven million I think million we could dollars. see, you know, it could be two ends of the spectrum. We could see an absolute superstar in Radulov, or we could see a total bump. And if, if Montreal doesn't figure it out, like, they, like last year, I mean, obviously the price thing really, you know... Hurt him. Well, yeah, yeah it hurts anyone. When but if you're in that spot, he will be one of those guys that's heavily coveted at the trade deadline too. Yeah. That could help team For if sure. he's if he's smart. No, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But number two on your list, uh, number two, uh, and this guy's there more just because of how I think his fantasy impact is going to go up. Um, it's not so much about I guess the talent there, but it's Troy Brower. Um, this is someone who was traded. Whew, I was surprised when he was traded at first for TJ Oshie. So there has to be some talent there. But he now has signed in Calgary. Um, I think they're planning on slotting him into that top line for the amount of money they gave him. I don't like the contract. Yeah, the contract's a little bit I, steep. I don't like it, but as we mentioned, this is fantasy hockey. This isn't contract hockey or whatever mm-hmm. the hell. I don't even know if you can make anything out of that. But um, a guy who put up 39 points last year is an 18 and 21 year. He does have the talent to, uh, to you know, kind of go off. Um, he, I just see him improving on 39 points. I could see him more as a 50-point guy. 
Uh, Brower's always kind of been steady throughout his life. He's a he's a great uh, throughout know, his life, throughout his, <laughs> not his career, throughout his career. He's a rock steady man, but yeah, uh, no, yeah. he's going to come in with a veteran presence, and I think that's going to be great for the kids that are with him. And um, and and those guys are all, are just getting better. We've seen it each year, uh, and he could totally be a benefactor from that. You know, secondary assists, big body. still assists. He's so a, uh, he's a big body, and they've got you know, Sean Monahan, Sam Bennett, Johnny Gage, probably as their one two down the middle. He's going to slot in with one of those youngsters. Yeah. He's always been good on the power play, too. Oh, like. Exactly. He's going to put up nice PPG, PPP numbers all year long. Sure. Um, I just looked over at Beams' sheet, though, and you just you announced him as your number two. Is that a mistake? Because it no, says number three next to There's clearly a switchy thing here. Oh, there's a switchy yeah. thing? Okay, I missed the switchy thing. Yeah. Okay, so who's your number three, then? Uh, and I had to move this one down just because um, everyone knows I love Buffalo. Yeah, you know I love Buffalo. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's my team. Not actually my team. But um, for number three here... And just going to go over this one lightly because I don't know how much of a fantasy impact. I mean, this is another guy where there could be a huge, uh, could go one way or the other, but I have Kyle Ocaposo. I just love the talent out in Buffalo. Um, I think that with all these young players, he could really it could either spark him or, again, he's playing in Buffalo. It could absolutely hurt his stock. So you never really know. But um, I do like to have some wishful thinking with Buffalo. So I say Ocaposo. Ocaposo. Sorry about that. Getting better. Um, he's already a negative four, so he's really, you know, you got to go up, right? Or if he does, he's just going to stay there. Um, but then again, we don't like plus minus. So, the whole uh, thing about the whole thing about Buffalo is that like they're not bad anymore. No, you can't like look at sign, oh you signed in Buffalo and you're bad. Like well, at least offensively, right? Like, yeah, they're so they're up and coming, man. They've got they've got so Randall. much talent. They've yeah, got they they're going to be dangerous. Like I honestly, I. I think Ocposo is a little overrated. Like I didn't want the Red Wings to target him. I know I always go back, but like just like that's how I like that's how I know how I feel about a player. Like do I really want to sign Ocposo? Like I think he is a great signing for He's Buffalo. Probably the best player on the market. I yeah, think, yeah. Today. Yeah, well, yeah. Stamkos never made it there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like he. It's just like it's so weird because he's played with Tavares forever. It's just like it's so hard to gauge how good he yeah. actually is. He is still yeah. like, like the numbers show he's still like. Super good on his own. Yeah. Carry and play on his own, but like I said, over his career, his production has just been lower away from. Tavares. And like over time, over time, really, how big of a step down is it going to be from Tavares and maybe Jack Eichel? Right, like that's what I mean. Like it's going to be a lot on how Eichel steps it up this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if Ocposo was closer to fifty-five than sixty-five points this year. I still think he's a really good player, but I, for me personally, I would see a, step, a tick down in his production. But that could all be, uh, you know, negated by a step up in Jack Eichel's production. Yeah, you, and totally that's a big true, question yeah. mark there. So yeah, yeah, which you never know. I mean, Jack Eichel uh, looked great, but at he times did. he didn't look great. So, but you know, it's first year in the league. I mean, yeah. it's not easy for for everybody. Big Eichel fan. No, it's still, no, it's still definitely. I think a super honestly, I'm, season for an eighteen year old, right? Nineteen year old. Like I've been, I'm more impressed. Like I love McDavid. I think he's a lot better than Eichel, but I'm. I'm still more confident in the Sabres doing damage this year than I am the Oilers. Yeah. Like, the Oilers just seem to, like, they just did not do it right. They had it all going for them. And they all these picks, and they just didn't do it the right way. Where Buffalo, they were they were bad for only a few years. Now they're coming back again. They, yeah. Some, it just it seemed yeah. like they're, they fast-tracked it a little more than Edmonton did. And, well, and, they haven't traded away one of their best pieces from their rebuild yet, like Edmonton just did. So we'll yeah. see. Uh, Got it like that. What a great trade! <laughs> but uh, who's number four? Beeps? Um, number four. This is uh, this is one where I, I maybe should have put him higher, and I uh, you know I'm I'm second guessing myself now. But I have Louis Erickson um, sliding at number four now. A Vancouver Canuck 
They paid a lot of money for this guy. 30-30 and 30 season last year. We've talked about him plenty of times. Brock's favorite person to draft in fantasy hockey. Um, I see him <laughs> I see him doing good this year strictly because the Sedins, I mean, anyone who goes with the Sedins over the past couple of years has had way better than expected years. Except uh, for last year. Yeah, yeah. But Yannick Hansen goes up with them, plays great, is fantasy-worthy. Yeah. Alex Burrows, fantasy-worthy. Verbata, obviously he's Verbata, but fantasy-worthy. Cardboard box on wheels with a last name, fantasy-worthy. <laughs> Has to have a last name, yeah. though. Anything that plays with them just seems to click, and why wouldn't you when you have super Especially, and, then you went, and then you put three Swedes together. Yeah, I think uh, they played together in the Olympics, too. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, There's some makes history sense. there. I might be wrong there, but I think they, they did. Play Sounds very I think they did. Yeah, and Even if they didn't, they're they about didn't, to. Yeah, they, they um, will. You know, they have that Swedish connection. Yeah, Ericsson is so strange because he went from being that guy that was notoriously so underrated that he, and then like he was part of the Seagan trade, and there was, you know, I guess bigger things expected of him because of it. But like he almost got to the point where he was so underrated, he became overrated. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it's like he just like, that's, yeah. Then you like all of a sudden people realize, oh shit, he's not that. But like he was still a 30 30 guy last year. He's been 30 30 30 like his whole career almost. Well, like it's like he he's so. A couple down years in Dallas. Yeah, though, but, he's, right? but he's quietly Dallas been. Boston and then Boston his first year. Boston. Yeah, his first year in Boston was disappointed, but he was great last year. He's right. just such a quiet 30 30 guy. And then with the Sadines, it's, I don't think that he necessarily is like going to be like that much better with the Sadines. I mean, they're all getting older. Yeah. But I think it's just like his first year in Boston was meh. Last year was 30-30. This year, I think, like, playing with the scenes just solidifies a 30-30. Yeah. Like, well, it's just going to happen again. We talked to, I talked about it on the last episode. This is a guy that shot around 14% for his career. He's been able to maintain a high shooting percentage. Crazy. But he hasn't had his bad years, right? Like, the two years you're talking about, like, he shot 11% the one year in Dallas, 8% the one year in Boston. So that's kind of the game you're playing here. Yeah. And But you just expect him to get, you know, a, a decent amount of quality scoring chances. Which is again hard to measure, but you just you're expecting it to happen with this. The season, only right? problem there is like that's it, like that's all they've got. Yeah. yeah, Vancouver, that's it. And for fantasy, you don't mind that because I mean you don't care about the rest of the team. No, it's going to be it's going to be the first. They're going to be the first line. They're going to first compete with. Yeah, if he, yeah. yeah, exactly. If he pulls a Verbata and moves back like he did last year, I mean we oh, watched the, we watched the thirty goal score become a. 12 goal score or whatever yeah. it was. So. And now he's sitting on free agency without a contract. Yeah, exactly. But then so, quickly yeah. mention your number five guy. Um, well, I can mention him quickly because we've already gone over it. It's uh, P.A. Parento. Um, as mentioned, I, I do think he's going to uh, – I'm a believer of him and Tavares. Uh, I watched him come over to Colorado a couple years ago and had huge belief in him, so I'm hoping he doesn't do it round two to me here. But yeah. I, I, uh, I do think P.A. Parento is going to become – at least fantasy relevant, or a bit more than he seems. Well, he was like, because the last year he kind of was like uh, the free agent guy that yeah, yeah, he, he was just he didn't want to touch him because he's this year. Yeah. And uh, this year, I think like he it, it helped him later round. Yeah, it yeah, helped. Right. It helped his it helped his stock, but he's also like a a really nice yeah. bust candidate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so, I guess yeah, yeah. yeah. But it like definitely did hurt. It definitely didn't hurt his stock. Like moving anywhere, anytime you move from the Maple Leafs to maybe playing on John Tavares's line. No. That's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wouldn't want him to be like anything more than like my second last four. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. He's a guy you sure. grab at the He's end a flyer. Of He's a flyer. Yeah. But just a lot of But you look at the point. I mean, even like his biggest years, 53 and 67 points in New York. I mean, it's not like. That's a that's a late round four. He's not yeah. Like, yeah. And if you need crazy. goals, do not touch B.A. Parenteau. Yeah. Well, he had 20 last year. It happens. Yeah. I can't believe. I mean, I know you guys don't really love the guy. I don't really love the guy. Number one on my list was Milan Lucic. I, I, I didn't think you guys would have him high, but I thought you guys would talk about him. Yeah. Like, he. Like. 
Lucic goes up. Maybe he's overrated. I don't know. But over his first year in the NHL, he wasn't like uh, he didn't play a huge impact role. So if you take out that first year, though, he's averaged twenty goals and thirty assists per eighty-two games. So mm-hmm. fifty points, rock solid. Especially when you factor in how you know how physical he is. He's a big. Uh, Help on in, in PIMS, as we mentioned, it's still a category in a lot of leagues. And then now solid you move him, solid possession player. Now you move him onto a line, likely with Connor McDavid. They likely signed him because that's they the, big the protector. Though, right? the, he's like the protector of Connor now. Yeah. He has to be like that's sure. the reason they paid him all that money. And the Marty one, McSurley. the one thing, yeah, <laughs> the one thing <laughs> I love when I'm drafting my fantasy hawk team is guys that stay healthy. And over the last six years, Lucic has only missed ten games. And over For that time, plays over, that physical of the game, yeah, it's, it's impressive. impressive yeah. And twenty goals and thirty assists, like I said, over eighty-two games. He sometimes that's a like I like to use that stat because if this guy stays healthy, this is what he's capable of. But this isn't a question with Lucic. He plays the eighty-two games and he's averaging twenty goals and thirty assists. And now with McDavid, so much upside. Yeah. so much. Upside. The only thing I would say is that you know you're probably dropping around six, seven percent. Percent in possession going from the Kings to the Warriors, right? Yeah, I'm not. Even, oh, for sure, it's got to be something drastic. So it's, that was one thing that scared me away. But you're right; if he's playing with McDavid, like it's huge. Yeah, like even like like obviously like the if he goes from if he goes from playing with McDavid to Nugent Hopkins, I think like playing with Nugent Hopkins is still like you're, you're just solid, bro. Yeah, exactly. You're still a twenty. He's yeah, still the yeah. fifty point guy that he has been. His whole like career. A Lucci, but if you play, but if it's just the, the defense, there. that's obviously the biggest. Oh, it's a huge there. problem. But they hired Adam Larson, so they're fucked. Yeah, so, yeah, so <laughs> defense is no longer an issue. Uh, but number two is another guy you guys did mention. So I must have went way off the board because yeah, my top three are totally different. Um, I have Brian Elliott. Now, this is obviously a tough move for Brian Elliott. In terms of the team, the quality of team he's going to. He goes from the 7th best possession team last year to the 21st best possession team from St. Louis to Calgary. But he goes from being a guy that starts 40 games a year to a guy who starts 60 games a year. Yeah. Which is huge. So, I think last year, the Flames had, I'm pretty sure, I didn't, I, I meant to look it up, but I'm pretty sure the Flames had the worst even strength save percentage in the entire league and it wasn't even close. Their goaltending was horrible. This guy comes in to save the day. In um, I think it was five seasons with the with the Blues, he was a nine twenty five save percentage. Obviously, a good team. So let's say that drops to nine twenty, still rock solid. Right. You like generally you expect save percentage to be pretty consistent though. Like it's more on the goalie than anything else. It's yeah. Obviously, the goals against that waivers. It's just different if you play. You would think you, just like the fatigue more yeah, than anything, yeah. right? Like taking more shots. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, one, the one example I always like to show is when Miller played his half season in St. Louis there. Um, I forget what his save percentage was at, but I think it was like 916, 917. And he had like, uh, again, uh, these numbers aren't exact, but say he had like a three and a half goals against in Buffalo or whatever it was. He went to St. Louis and kept an identical save percentage for the rest of the year and his goals dropped like a cut point, in half, yeah. right? So. That I, to me, like I generally kind of look at save percentage yeah. is bouncing, like it's more consistent. I just think like I, every year I I tout Elliot as an unbelievable fantasy pick, especially in daily leagues because you get him so late, he's so yeah. undervalued. Yeah, and those forty games you plug him in there for, he's a monster. The one stat that blew me away is that um, since 2011-12, which was his first season in St. Louis, he was he's second in the NHL in shutouts, despite starting like a hundred less games than everybody else, like. I think tops was Jonathan Quick, who only had three more shutouts. He started 120 more games over that time, and then he, he was beating the guys like like Fleury, Price, Lundqvist, Rass, all the top goalies in the league, and starting 100 less games. Now shutouts obviously are 
you know, they just happen. It's right. like, a lot of it's just, there's probably a lot of 15 safe shots you, in there. Too. Yeah, but you don't. You're not a. You're not a so, shit goalie no. and finishing second in the league in shutouts over no, five not. years. Like no, his sample not. size yeah, yeah. isn't small. Is he going to be able to start the 60 games? (laughs) Is he going to be able to start the 60 games? We'll see. But I just think, like, even last year, the year before that, it's like, hey, if if he just, they let him go, he's going to be great. And obviously, Allen is amazing, too. So he is the goalie of the future. Good trade by the Blues. But I just think that this could work out for Calgary and Brian Elliott. My one fear is, I mean, we saw Jonas Hiller go there year before mm-hmm. and he was a guy who I, I would have said at the same time I would, I would almost put him at the same level as Elliot you know he's coming from a I great team totally he's put fair. up great numbers and he's coming into a team where he's gonna have to lead them he's gonna have to you know he's gonna have to bring these guys through the storm because they're gonna get a ton of shots against and he really couldn't show up yeah no I think that's, that's totally I'm, fair that's where I'm a bit worried about the Elliot. only I see him fall in the same path I do like Elliot's credentials more than I like Taylor's a bit more yeah and uh, Elliot didn't have vertigo the year before either, <laughs> so that kind of helps the only thing too is good when your goalie's not disoriented. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a huge factor. The only thing with Elliot too, I guess sorry, the Flames really is that when Hiller came in, that was like the middle of like this their little rebuild there, and now they're kind of taking some step forwards. I mean, they took a step back last year, but they're still not a bad team. Um, sure. Playoffs I just think, two years. Ago. I just think Elliot as long as is Giordano and Brody are on the ice, they're a very good team. Yes, yes. But then once they step off, yeah. but, or get injured, yeah. Like they, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the only thing there. is like that Elliot is still gonna, especially after this movie, he's still gonna be undervalued. So he's a he's just a, I think he's such a good like number two guy. Yeah, yeah. Like fantasy wise, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Like even Cam Talbot last year, like he he went to a bad Edmonton team. But he was still rock. Like, he was like, wise, oh, he was good enough. He was to solid. Own. Yeah, solid. I mean, he yeah. started. It, it's all about starts. Yeah. But I'll rattle through my next couple guys a little faster. I know we kind of went on about young Brian Beebs. I know you don't like him for whatever reason, but we won't I get can into explain it. my reason. But we'll be here for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. and it's very number hard. three for me is also a guy you guys didn't have, and it's Keith Yandel. Uh, Keith Yandel's always been a player I've been a fan of. He's been rock solid. He was one of the top fantasy defensemen for years in Arizona, playing yeah. with Ekman Larson. Went to the Rangers. Was kind of like an. an, an not an afterthought, but he played. He didn't play huge minutes. Like he played behind Girardi for whatever reason, and McDonough, and like even saw sometimes like True sometimes power. less power play time when Dan Boyle was in the lineup than Dan Boyle. Like he just like he didn't he didn't Question. have the huge. It's almost as if coaching number, is the issue in New York. Yeah, well he he didn't. Always. <laughs> he's he's a, he's a top two defenseman, and now he goes. Back. Yeah, no, he goes to good. Florida on really, a, with a really massive good. contract. He's a left-handed shot. Ekblad's a right-handed shot. Boom. Match made in heaven. Boom. It's going to be beautiful. City. It's going to be beautiful. Ekblad's one of the best young up-and-coming defensemen in the NHL. Great puck movement. As Both I already sides. mentioned, the Panthers are going to be great. And it just every year, it seems like Yano gets it done. Yeah. You know, 50 points, 40 points, 50 points. Every year. And then now this is only going to help him. Yeah. Going to play with Ekblad. Brian Campbell, That during the time that Brian Campbell was in Florida, was... Awesome, yeah, he's and he's just gonna step into Brian Campbell, and he's a he's a Better rich Brian man's Campbell. Brian Campbell. Sure, yeah. I'm gonna at least offense, at least yeah. offensively. Yeah. I'll definitely admit I missed this one. Uh, I mean, Yandel could have cracked my top five easy. Uh, now that you, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you lay those points out, but the number four we've I already mentioned a lot about him was Louis Erickson, 30-30 candidate every year. Now he's gonna play with the CD Twins. He's gonna be rock solid. And number five for me is PA Parento. He got a lot of love from us. Uh, on this podcast, yeah, this but I really be the, mo- the most, most be the he's ever mentioned in the show. Yeah, I could year. talk about him last year. He's played for the Leafs. Now he's an Islander. Whatever. I just all it is for me is he proved last year he can play without that great surrounding cast. Yeah. If he plays with uh, a Tavares, he has chance to you know be a 25-25 guy with even more upside. If he plays with Strom, he can still be a twenty. 
25-25 guy. Like he, he, he was a 20-20 guy last year with the Leaves. Potential's there. Yeah. It's just which PA shows up. Who's he going to yeah, play? You got to be worried. I mean, two, two years or a year ago, he was brought on the team on a professional tryout. Yeah, and exactly. He's one of those players. But then you know, we would have said the same thing about some other free agents this year. Uh, Lee Stafniak, for example, yeah. was, on a, was on a tryout a couple years ago. Mason Raymond on a tryout. Yeah. These are all guys that are getting contracts now. I mean, yeah, yeah. proven it. But we're going to go to a quick break. We'll let you guys listen to a, a half of a Blue Stones tune, and then we'll get back. And uh, since we just gave you, I think overall it was probably. 12 guys that were huge winners in, in this uh, free agent slash trade period because all these trades were so huge. Uh, when we get back, we're going to just each give you guys a loser. A guy that moved to it. Not, not, he's not an actual loser, but he lost in terms of fantasy yeah, value. <laughs> uh, he went from a team where maybe he was in a great spot to a team where he's not going to be in such a great spot. And maybe guys to avoid uh, heading into the 2016-17 season. And we'll also get to a couple Twitter questions uh, yes, we're finally back with Twitter questions after a like feels like a six month hiatus from Twitter, but you gotta yeah. let them add up. But anyways, yeah, here is the Blue Stones. Episode number 28, the post-free agent frenzy. Frenzy? Frenzy. <laughs> A couple frenzies going on here. Uh, so yeah, we just told you guys before the break that uh, who we thought were the winners in free agency and trades and whatever. Sure. Yeah. So now we're going to tell you who the losers were. Who went to a team that... The loser. Yeah, it made no sense. Why would you do that? <laughs> we only care about fantasy hockey here at the Daily Faceoff Podcast, so that's all we're going to talk about. Yeah, they're probably actually winners. Mostly. Yeah, the yeah. Free agent friends. Honestly, like, Buddy's probably like, oh, my girlfriend's from this city, so I moved there. Like, oh, yeah, but I'm we a, don't know that. I'm was, a loser. I just signed a $4 yeah. million contract. Yeah, oh, $4.5 million for four years? Yeah, I'm a loser. Call me a loser. No, you're not a loser. You just are a fantasy hockey loser. D, who's your fantasy hockey man. loser? Yeah, I know. So I'm going, hockey, I'm going against the grain here. Beavs talked him up as one of his winners. I'm here on the other side of the fence, you know, claiming that this guy <laughs> is, in fact... A loser. a loser. He's a loser. Uh, Kyle Ocposo. Um, now, let me just clarify this first. I think Ocposo is a, definitely a quality hockey player. Um, like I said, he's very capable of driving play and possession in his own right. Has shown that away from Tavares. But what he's also shown is a different production whenever he's played away from JT. And like we said, um, who knows what Jack Eichel is really going to do this year. But if he's not at Tavares' level, it's inevitably going to have some sort of hinder on Arcosa's production. So I, I could see him dropping as much as 10 points in production this year. Like I said, closer to the 55-point range and 65 points. Um, and 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Just, just straight up, there's no one that right now, obviously Eichel can get there, but there's no one right now that's on Tavares' caliber and has that ability to drive the production up of Akposo. So uh, is my guy. Yeah, like, there's a lot to like about the Akposo signing, but then again, there's just... It's just like best case, he's going to be in the same situation he's in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's not. A, he wasn't a winner, maybe, I guess. Well, you don't, you don't really get much better than playing the majority of your minutes alongside... A, Top five, top ten forward yeah. in the NHL. So it's hard. It is hard. Eichel so. might be there one day, but not uh, maybe not in 2017. He, well, he very well could be too, and I could be eating my words. But right now, as it stands, I think Okposo uh, stands to lose a decent amount of production heading over to Buffalo from the Islanders. You can't eat your words any more than you did at the start of last year. I won't even mention it. So this can't go that bad for you, Beebs. Who's your loser? All right, my loser is a guy who most certainly will not end up on the same team he started with this year. <laughs> um, that is that is Lee Stefniak, the uh, league suitcase currently, <laughs> as we also call him. Uh, Lee Stefniak put up 51 points last year, which was a surprise to a lot of people, but for those of you who got to reap his fantasy benefits, um, he was he was great. But uh, he started the year in New Jersey, went on an absolute tear playing top-line minutes out there at 41 points in 63 games, heads over to Boston, puts up a decent 10 points in 19. That's pretty solid for Lee Stefniak. Here's the thing, though. He's going to Carolina. Carolina's offensive production is not... It's not Boston. I mean, it could be... It's pretty equivalent to New Jersey at the time, so maybe he does I don't do know. It. It's just... It's but weird. I just... You know, Lee Stefniak, he's going to go back. <laughs> he's just continuing his tour around the yeah. This is a guy who's Two never put anywhere close. He had one year of 52 points, and that was in 06-07. So it took him 10 Started years to get back loose. there. He did. Yeah. yeah. Went on absolute terror once they moved him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, this is a guy where, you know, it took him 10 years to get back to just that 50-point plateau. So good if times. you think he's going to do it again in back-to-back years, uh, I just don't like, see it. In all honesty, though, there's some decent talent in Carolina, but, like, it's very yeah. – they're very thin. Yeah. I mean like, – Unless he – like, he has to play with Jordan Stahl if he even wants a chance to even – Sniff fifty points, and even then, and Jordan Jordan Stall stepping out first line, is and, Jer- and Jordan Stall still trying to sniff fifty points all the time. So yeah, yeah, so you got yeah a you're right. Of sniffers. Yeah, he's probably not getting anything. Yeah, no, I don't know. He's just he's my guy. I'm sorry, Lee. I do love you deep down, and I love everything you've done for every but single for team real, in the like, league. But that guy's this is what his tenth team. Yeah, you could do a traveling Stepniak. That's, you know, what like the That's what I tweeted. That's what I tweeted. I said we need to be the traveling Stepniak, but we need to get like 238 people. Approaching Mike Cylinder levels. Yeah. yeah. But like, what is like what like how do you show up at a game like like Yogg's has his hair, so we show up as like what Stepniak just like do we carry suitcases? It's a suitcases. bunch of handsome men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch of good looking dudes with uh, <laughs> above average sized noses. I guess like that's five o'clock shadows. Going for five o'clock shadows so and, a suitcase. Yeah. And, a suitcase. and a suitcase. Yeah. And a suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a befuddled look on her face. The yeah, it's time. looking it's super. Like Steph, just get drunk and you'll just look like that. Yeah, yeah. Traveling steps. <laughs> yeah, those are the guys. But then we have to go to Carolina games, yeah. and uh, that would be fun. Man. I don't know Carolina if I can afford is... a twelve dollar ticket. Uh, so true. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, da- the, da- the daily face off <laughs> podcast is not paying nearly enough salary to you two to not to get me out to Carolina. That's for sure. Carolina's a f- like North Carolina is fun. It's, it's a great that's area. Where that to is. Golf. Yeah. yeah, it's I mean. Yeah, Are you talking about Myrtle Beach? Because that's in South Carolina. No, I'm not talking about Myrtle Beach, but I just know, like, I've been to North Carolina. Just, sure. just, just in general, it's a great area, yeah. yeah. I mean, South Carolina, like, Myrtle and South Carolina yeah. is just... It's a party. Yeah. It's right, a we're not going to talk. We're not going to... We're talking about Raleigh here. We're not talking Raleigh. about Burley. But yeah. Edmonton's also a great place to visit, but is their hockey team good? No. Well, it's not good during the hockey season because it's too much damn snow. It's just too cold. Yeah. It just doesn't translate. It's Canada. It's Alberta. It's too cold. Alberta. 
My loser is Brian Campbell. No offense to Brian whatsoever. He's a loser. But Ooh. Chicago, from Florida to Chicago, Chicago, great spot to win a cup. That'll hurt his fantasy value. As I mentioned before, Yandel steps into Campbell's spot with Aaron Eckblad. So he moves from being the top option with Eckblad in Florida to a secondary option behind Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook in Chicago. So a guy that had many a good year in Florida. Uh, it's just gonna knock. It's just gonna knock him down. Do you think uh, he'll? A peg or two. Do you think he could still be fantasy relevant at all? Because I do. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm a big Brian Campbell fan. Oh, same here. He he's notoriously one of the most underrated defensemen every year, um, and maybe notorious. and maybe that'll even lead into him being even more underrated this year when yeah. you look at the depth chart scene. Sure. I just think that he it's gonna hurt. Like going from a top power play to the second power play. Right. That's the big thing. Like you you want to be on that top Blackhawks power play playing with Taves and Kane and and the boys and Keith and yeah. You know, maybe he will replace Seabrook. I don't know. We'll see. I just think that from the outside looking in, I think it's a it's a loss. It's it, it, it's a good move. I like that Brian Campbell's going home. I like Brian Campbell. I don't really love the Blackhawks. She called him a loser. I did. I'm yeah. sorry, Brian. Uh, he'll never listen to the podcast anyway, so he'll never even know Fair I exist. Show. He Fair might have shown Brian Campbell. Never say never. No longer. Well, if, if Steve Dangle is getting Brent, Ben Scrivens tomorrow, We'll get Brian Campbell next week. Yeah. <laughs> maybe in like 30 years. Yeah. Brian, when he's like, maybe yeah, he'll be like. I offered Paul Beeson at a job at Daily Faceoff. Did you see like during like the whole free agency, he kept like tweeting like all these ridiculous pictures about mm-hmm. or like these. Oh, yeah, I got talking to my agent. Like the phone just rang. Thought I was giving the Blackhawks. Was it just like so many funny ass tweets. Yeah. And like as unpaid podcast guys, we yeah. have to ask, what'd you offer BeastNet? Yeah, well, some guy, some, guy, uh, <laughs> some guy offered him to join his like beer league and he was going to give him like, I think he said like 22 cases. Yeah, he put what the average is. And he's like average AV, like 6.33 cases a year. And I was like, I'll blow that 6.33 cases a year out of the water. <laughs> and then he just never responded. So yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks, Biz. Yeah, but giving you the business. Thanks, <laughs> but let's get into uh, fancy hockey questions. It's been a while. I mean, obviously you can't answer fancy I hockey. These. I really did. You can't really answer fancy hockey questions during the not fancy hockey season. Um, and at Bryski or Bierski, actually, so every all every, the time. every time I every time we say Bryski, he tweets at us. It's, well, it's, still it's, are you gonna take this one? You're just gonna take Twitter questions from me? Yeah, okay. yeah. Bierski's a good take dude. my old job and offer it to Paul. I don't yeah. <laughs> So Bierski addresses something that we didn't really address uh, fully on this show. I think we talked about it last episode a little bit, but uh, Shea Weber for PK Subban was obviously one of the, uh, probably the biggest move of the offseason um, in terms of name value. Uh, the Taylor Hall trade probably could have been up there if they would have got a yeah, defense. Yeah, there was return. someone coming back who had a name <laughs> as big as Taylor Hall. Uh, but Weber versus Subban, Bierski asks, who benefited more from the trade uh, from a fantasy perspective? Uh D, we've been starting with you all night, so why don't we go with you again here? Uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting uh, situation here. Uh, I don't imagine... Okay, here's my thing. Like, Subban, to me, is a guy who is more capable of carrying play on his own, and I just imagine Weber's struggling a little bit without Yossi by his side. I yeah. talked about that last episode. Uh, and me, personally, I think Yossi's like a borderline probably is a top 10 defenseman in the NHL in his own right. Mm-hmm. So I think Subban going over to play his majority of the minutes with him is definitely going to benefit him more than Weber is coming over to play with uh, Andre Marco. Well, Hamlin. Yeah, well, if you look at Yossi, um, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I know he's in the top five. I think he has the fourth most points from a fantasy defenseman in the last three years. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's just good. He's just out of this world good. 
He's better at even strength than Weber, straight up. Weber's yep. a beast on the power play, and that's probably going to transfer over. And Andre Markov, very good on I the just, power play. Yeah, if, if Weber, if, if Subban and Yosi play together, I think Subban benefits a little more. Um, I just still think I just they're on opposite trajectories in their career, right? I, yeah. I just think, I, I, I would peg Subban to have the better year this year. I sense. agree. I, from a fantasy perspective, absolutely. Yeah. And you're right, like, just the, the whole Yossi thing, like, you go from playing, like, who okay, like, Markov is obviously on the decline in his career. He's still putting up solid numbers. Still a solid power play demon. But yeah, but he's not, like, Weber is, I mean, Weber's coming off 20 goals. Yossi, he's, yeah. I don't think realistically, like, Actually, I can't even say that. Subban benefits more in this trade. Yeah, I can absolutely. Just, yeah, the one thing I do see happening is PK only had eight goals last year. I think that eight's going to kind of blow up. Might he missed some games, yeah, too. Might go up to 16. Well, remember, like, I yeah. remember one of our, maybe our eighth, ninth, tenth, somewhere in that range podcast, we were talking about how PK, I think he had, like, zero, maybe? Yeah. Or, like, or one, like one, one, one goal. Yeah. And he was shooting, like, 1%. Yeah. And then he, we were calling for a bigger second half from him, yeah. obviously, in terms. And he had, like, one goal and 22 assists. And then he ended up having a pretty solid second half too. He had as many points as Weber did last year. Uh, obviously, Weber maintains a higher shooting percentage. Like, well, it's just how he could just right? put it's he could just happen. put the puck through goalies. Right, it's, but um, yeah, like Subban was had as many points as him last year. It's weird. Like, it, 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 it's so situation. funny who you talk to, and who won that trade. Yeah. Like all like the day it happened, I I, I played baseball on Wednesday. It happened on a Wednesday. I went to baseball, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Like. What a dumb trade from Nashville. Like, Weber's way better than Subban, blah, blah, blah. And then you talk to other guys, and it's just like, oh, my God. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Subban's way better than Weber. It's just, the it, contract it, was the biggest. Tell me no, it's a yeah. decent yeah. trade, right? If people are on both sides, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, if the... I think the majority of people behind Weber were the casual hockey fan. Who yeah, who don't it. know that he has 10 more years at 7 more million dollars. Right, and uh, I think a lot of people 22. see Weber, and they, they see everything. They think a prototypical NHL defenseman should be. Whereas I think the game's kind of going more and more away from that. But like I said, Weber's still one of the best defensemen on the power play in the league. It's Don't just imagine so, changing too much this year, but it's going to have a dip when you're leaving Roman Yossi. Yeah, Yossi's just it's it's so much He's less. It's so much less exactly. It's so much less about Shea Weber and PK Subban as it is about let's say Yossi versus Markov. Yeah, like it's exactly. Huge difference. Mm-hmm. So at Bierski. We say Subban across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah, I think that's a that's a clean sweep. PK, clean and then our second Pay-ka. our second <laughs> PK. Not anymore though. He no is PK now. PK no more. Is it, how would you say shit? Shit. She is just pretty French as it is. Maybe it's Shea. You remove Shea. Yeah. You remove she, she Weber. And she Weber, eh? She You're going to have a good year this year. <laughs> And we hope so. I heard Montreal. Okay. Brock, if you uh, talked like that every Bergman. single time we had a podcast, we would have one listener. And it would be, just be so? someone who hated us. And it was just like, you know, Probably Mark Bergman just gets off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our second question comes from at B. Pensorni. I'm not going to go there. He asks, does Bernier have any fantasy value after being traded to Anaheim? And then, since he couldn't fit it all in one tweet, his second tweet said, massive Bernier fan. Not happy about the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Which is- sorry, Pantsirty. Uh, B Pantsirty. Yeah, B Pantsirty. Yeah. D, we'll go back to you. You know, you've been kicking it off all day. You're the resident Leaf fan sure. on the podcast. Sure. Um, resident ex Bernier fan. Actually, okay. I I admit that I should probably know this, but I'm assuming that the the Leaf fan is have the conditions of the conditional draft pick been released yet? 
Uh, I thought they had, but I don't know them off the top of my head. I know that Bernier was essentially like a part of the. Anderson this is when we trade. did that fact checker we were talking about. Right. Before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, pay him before we pay yeah. us. Right? <laughs> but like, I, I know. Find him I know he was essentially part of the Anderson trade. Um, the big thing was he had a, a signing bonus that was whenever, whenever the day before or after the yeah. the Bernier trade had happened. That was about two and a half million. So Anaheim got out of paying that. Toronto right. held on, and then they swapped those picks. Toronto's so, like, ah, we had so much money. Don't right. matter. Right. So that's essentially what happened there. Um, I understood that, but because like the draft pick should have like, like is even that, to do with how many games he played? I would assume, but I don't really. No, know. but like it's just like it, it's a conditional what pick? Like it, like third I mean, or fourth? I thought is it third? Okay, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Because like, even like the like the Anderson trade was fair enough as it was. Yeah, no, I, it wasn't anything to totally throw that skew it in. So, so like a third, a conditional third or fourth. For I think Bernier that's seems it more. Still is currently conditional right now. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. So, so, so there you go. Yeah. Okay. Conditions. Uh, yet Does he be. have any fantasy value now moving to Anaheim? I honestly don't think so. Not unless Gibson gets hurt. Like obviously shipping out Anderson, even though you know we found out really they're bringing in Bernier the whole time afterwards. Like the goal was to give Gibson the ball, you know, to roll. So as long as he doesn't get into any trouble or doesn't get injured. I don't imagine Bernie playing much more than 25 games at most. Uh, although Anaheim is a solid possession team and Bernie has had decent save percentages over the years, um, I, I still say no at this point. Uh, definitely a guy to probably keep your eye on. More so watch how Gibson yeah. does, but at this point I would say no. I was going to say, if there's one thing about Gibson, it is that he has not played a full year yet in the league, so that could really test him out. And I even mean, not even to add to that, he, he hasn't had the best injury track record. Yeah, like Even absolutely. when he is there, he's, yeah. been, he's gotten backed up every Gibson. year. <laughs> Let's not go that far. We don't yet. call him Ben Gibson. But sorry, go ahead. No, that's all I really had was, you know, Gibson, he hasn't done the whole 82-game hard schedule. He's He's been up and down. He's played junior and gone across. But this is, at the same time, a guy who played every single game at junior for Kitchener, went and played for the World Championships for the U.S. and stood on his head at 19 years old. So yeah. he can, he does have the legs. He can, you know, stay up um, and not get injured for a year. Right. We'll still see like two weeks compared yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, seven yeah. months. But yeah. you're, you're right though. Like, obviously, they invested a lot in this move and he's going to be giving every chance to succeed. No, But if he gets injured, like Bernier, you know, regardless of how you feel of him as a Leaf fan or whatever, he still puts up, you know, at the very worst, a league average save percentage. And he's going to be moving to playing behind a very good team in Anaheim. Yeah, and this you is will see here. because let's, let's, the coach. Okay, the, let's, that's the big X factor here. Let's is how much the possession is really I, going to drop. I, I obviously don't think it's going to be. A, he does. I think does Bird or does Bernie still have fantasy value? I I think he does. I think he still. It would be when you're looking for you know a fourth goalie or a handcuff or something. You yeah. know, Anaheim is usually the type of team that you can go to for one of the better handcuffs. Sure. Um, just in terms of how, in terms of a possession team, they've usually didn't like Reimer. Yeah. Yep. For whatever that's worth. Fact. He is the guy making the decisions there now. Here, okay. Again, I guess like you'd obviously rather still have Anderson and Gibson together, but do you think? Yeah. Do you think the Ducks? Here's. My own Twitter question from Brock at Brock underscore Seagan. Do you think the uh, the Ducks are better off giving the ball to Gibson and bringing in Bernier, or maybe using Anderson still as their number one and bringing along Gibson? Hmm. Well, well, I mean, I think that was kind of the plan last year, right? and and we all know that the expansion draft's coming. It's inevitable. It's They're going to lose one of those two. Why not That's get true. your value while you can? 
That's I mean, a good point. Same thing happens for Toronto. I mean, it, it might sound ridiculous. Some people might call it ridiculous, but Bernier would have still been a name that would have been unprotected. That could have been a goalie. For sure. Toronto gets Bernier was such a it. like Bernier yeah, was such a big choice. deal when just Toronto brought him in, and I still he's still not a bad goalie. I still no, he's not terrible. I think he, just he could lets go in to that ice. one goal every game where you're like, huh, huh. That was like Jonas Gustafsson, man. That guy make like Same thirty habit. beautiful saves in a row, and then letting like the softest goal. Same Dump in goes in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, Jonas. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for Twitter questions. That's all, that's all we got. That's, that's all it we got for, for the, the DFO show. podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, you know, as as we start to near um, the actual fantasy hockey season, these episodes will become more and more and more and more about uh, fantasy hockey. Obviously, it's very we'll, draft centered. We'll yeah, like, obviously, we'll, we'll have a lot of draft. heavy, heavy draft coverage. Uh, Keep an eye out, obviously, for the Daily Faceoff Draft Kit, which uh, I don't know if any of you guys saw last week, but I tweeted out that Daily Faceoff Draft Kit um, work, I guess, started this week, which is, it's so, you have to start it so early. It's so funny how much things can change in between, but um, it's obviously quite a project, and I hope you guys liked it last year, and I obviously hope to better my final output this year again and then we'll keep doing that year in and year out eventually i think you guys collabed on a, on an article last year did you not yeah or was it for the mid-season kit or the regular yeah, mid-season. Mid-season most, most read article on there actually I, so i heard I'm not, that's I'm what i heard too I i'm sure you guys can you guys will help me with this uh this year's draft kit i got a little bit of help from sure. kent wilson last year we'll be asking the same uh the same it's just it helps like I, like people have to have daily phase i have to listen to me all year write about goalies and all the articles it's like it's me 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 all the time and then you read through this stupid ass draft kit last year it's like by broxy by broxy like it's nice to just see some different names oh, yeah. some different i'll be in there yeah. some different not lyrics. to mention like mike bondy looks a lot better on a piece of paper than broxy again so mm-hmm. somebody told me this past season that broxy and he told me that your name was it's a very hard to name. be a hockey yeah, writer. It's a very hockey, hockey name. Hockey player was probably like what he was going for, but then I realized I'm not good at it and I'm better at writing about it. But anyways, that was episode number 28 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Tune in next week for episode 29 for the boys. I'm Brock Segan. To my right, Michael Beebs Blind. To my left, Dylan D. Birthu. Peace out. Enjoy the Blue Stones.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.